The National Desk, Conversations, America's News Now. I'm Jean Jeffcoat, and welcome to episode 35 of the National Desk Conversations. Every weekday, we invite newsmakers onto our morning television broadcast to discuss topics everybody's talking about. On today's podcast, we revisit our conversation with Kira Rudek, a member of the Ukrainian parliament. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky speaking to the U.S. Congress this morning, calling for a no-fly zone, which lawmakers have already said is a non-starter for the U.S. Well, joining us right now, a member of the Ukrainian parliament, Kira Rudik, and also leader of the Golos Party. Kira, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You have been documenting the invasion for the world to see on your social media profile, and I was just checking it out. First, tell me what's happening in Kiev, and, and tell us how you're doing right now. So uh, tonight uh, we started with the longest 35-hour curfew that uh, was implemented because we are expecting Russian forces to try to get into the city. Yesterday was the heaviest shelling of the city that we experienced uh, since the day one of the war. And uh, there were four buildings destroyed and uh, one subway station, the top of the subway station destroyed. Uh, so uh, we uh, don't see Russians trying to get in right now, but we also expect that the night will be complicated. This is why the city is preparing for uh, all the variants of uh, um, what can happen next. The first one is that Russians will attack on the land, and we are ready to that. Second is that they will try to uh, close the entrances and exits, and we are ready for a siege we have been preparing for a long time. But the third variant is that they will be continuing bombarding. Is There is nothing that we can do about this. There is like literally nothing that I and or my resistance team or any Kiev citizens can do about. And this is why we are pleading for a no-fly zone or any variant of no-fly zone, because it's out of our control. There is nothing you can do when there is a missile or bomb coming into your home. You can be training, you can uh, be very ready to fight Russians. You can have enough supplies to survive like a month long siege. But once they are, they are just bombarding our cities, there is nothing we can do. And moreover, there is no money in the world that we can buy uh, the necessary equipment, necessary jets for. This is why we do need support. And this is why President Zelensky will be pleading today to US Congress. He will be saying the same thing that this is critical for our survival. This is what we need. Let's try and figure out what would be the way to get us with the necessary equipment. Yeah, I also, um, I read that you are armed and ready to battle. In fact, just a few days ago, you posted this tweet we want to show right here. You wrote, after 16 days of training, I still feel awkward doing this. Hashtag stop war in Ukraine. Hashtag Ukrainians will resist. You know, it's so hard for us to, to understand what you guys are going through what has it been like to essentially train and be a soldier ready to fight and kill in the midst of this war? Well, I made this decision on the day one of, uh, of the war, and uh, I haven't changed it since, since that time. Uh, we, we don't have any other country to live in. We don't have any other cities to live in. I don't have any other home. And I am a representative of Ukrainian people that I vouched to protect as well as Ukrainian as, as a country. So there is no way for me or any other Ukrainian then to fight for what we believe in, to fight for what is ours, to fight for our motherland. 
And this is what we are doing. And sometimes it's getting very weird for me to hold the gun or to be training. And I'm like asking myself, is it like even real what is happening? And then I hear the things about Mariupol where a child died of dehydration in 21st century in the country, in the center of Europe, children are dying of dehydration. And then I feel a rage that is uh, driving me forward. And then I feel a rage that I don't want this to happen for any other second, but this is still happening. The war is still happening. It came to, to my country and there is no other way than pushing me back for it to, to be over, for it to be finished. And this is why we everything that we need to do is to make sure that that it ends soon and that we win this war. I wanted to ask you about that because President Zelensky has urged Russian soldiers to surrender. He's 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 essentially giving them a choice at life, offering mercy to the very people who are invading your country. I wanted to get your take on that. What did you make of that? And have you heard of reports of Russian soldiers actually surrendering when confronted with the Ukrainian military? So Russian forces have been surrendering here and there again since the day one. Uh, they were not very motivated and they were said that they will come here to Ukraine as liberators, that they will come and they will be giving food uh, supplies and that Ukrainian women will be throwing themselves at them. And this obviously didn't happen because we, we fight them and uh, we throw Molotov cocktails at them and they, uh, they felt very much confused and some of them really did surrender. But uh, again, that doesn't account the bombs that are coming into our cities. So if Russian soldiers surrender, um, we still would need to fight Putin back so he cannot continue doing what he's doing. Yeah, and you're a member of parliament there. So what have you heard about the talks between Zelensky and Putin? We know both leaders say they're gonna fight to the end. I do not believe in peaceful negotiation with Putin. And let me tell you why. Uh, the city of Mariupol, where 400,000 uh, citizens have been under the siege for another, like for 14 days right now, they, uh, they are without water, without food, and without medical aid, and ha have been constantly bombarded by, by Putin's air force. So for five consequent days, for five days, he would say that he's letting the humanitarian convoy out. And every single time, women and children children hiding under their mommies, uh, behind their mommy's backs. Every time they are getting on the buses and trying to get out of the city, the Russian forces would start firing at them, the firing guns at them. And every single time people are getting in and they are returned back to the hell that they are living in. And this happened because Putin promised this. He gave us his word and he never kept it for five consecutive days. So you know what happened yesterday? The first 2,200 cars were able to get out of, of uh, Mariupol. But it happened not because Putin promised and kept his promise, but because Ukrainian army was able to take the piece of the road where they were able to get out. So this tells you of how to make peace with Putin, how to make negotiations with Putin. He will not keep his word because he is interested to have this war. Because he, uh, he solves so many political issues for himself, he is crazy dictator and he is a war criminal, but there is no way that could be peaceful negotiation that will conclude. And I have another question. So what if we do the peaceful negotiation and then we have peace with him and then he breaks it, then what? And if NATO is not ready to fight him right now, 
or like would they be ready to fight him after the peace uh, is broken i don't think so so i don't uh, believe in having uh, the peace discussions the negotiations and peace agreements with him it's it's pointless hasn't worked but so we certainly hasn't worked so far for you kira i'm just curious do you have children and if so where, where's your family right I'm, now or nieces or nephews i'm or? not as a person who is on putin skills list i'm not allowed to talk about my family Got i'm it. sorry that's fine and i appreciate you telling me that what do you want to see from members uh of our congress following Zelensky's speech specifically what are you looking for the u.s to do in the coming days i'm looking uh, for yes to revise uh, the uh, no-fly zone decision that has been made or to figure out a separate way of uh, providing ukraine with additional weaponry that we need these jets that we do need to get so we will be able to create a no-fly zone for ourselves this is a critical piece that uh, is missing from our defense and our defense strategy as a country so we are looking forward for for um first of all additional aid that uh, president biden already announced and we are grateful for that from the bottom of our hearts because we know that we will have to rebuild the country afterwards but we are also looking for the means for us to change the situation right now uh, get us the no-fly zone call it differently but this is what we need to get kira rudik appreciate you joining us this morning uh from kiev there god bless you guys and uh uh we're just, we're just thinking about you guys and um hope we can ch chat again soon Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much and glory to Ukraine. That's episode 35 of the National Desk Conversations. Join me each weekday from 6 to 11 Eastern for the National Desk, America's News Now. Check your local listings or you can stream it on our website, thenationaldesk.com. Our podcast comes out twice a week with fresh newsmaker interviews. The conversation continues. Until next time, from the National Desk, I'm Jan Jeffcoat.